Let's uh, open up the word of the Lord to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 8 through 9, and then 13 through 17. Praise the Lord. The word of the Lord reads as follows. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. And then it goes on to say in verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace. Let me stop there just a second, we're going to continue reading. But that, that verse, verse 14, is very important because we think peace is a condition. Peace isn't a condition for a Christian. Peace is the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He is our peace. When Jesus was in the boat and there was a storm around the boat, the men went to him screaming and afraid. Listen, we're going to die here. He spoke to the storm and changed the, diameter, the, 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 the parameters of the storm. Yes. Um, he pretty much spoke peace into the storm because he is peace. And that shifted the storm away. It brought an atmosphere of peace in that specific area right around the boat. So wherever Jesus is, there is peace. Having said that, we as Christians think that peace is the absence of problems, of issues, but that's not true. You, you'll always have issues here on earth because earth is imperfect, people are imperfect, conditions and situations always are going to be around us. But when we have Jesus in our heart and we understand He is our peace, He can change the atmosphere. Or he can give you wisdom in the midst of peace. These guys were thinking they were going to die. And yet Jesus was sleeping. You understand? So he knew something they didn't know. So the beauty about it is when you know Jesus and the Spirit of God can give you wisdom in your situation. When everybody else is freaking out, you could be saying, ah, everything's going to be alright. I, I know something you don't know. My peace just told me this. My peace is with me. Uh, you understand? So he himself is our peace. And he has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. That word enmity is very important because that enmity has been ex in existence since Genesis. When, when God spoke to the serpent, he said, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and the woman's seed. So that's been there all along. That division, that hatred that disagreement, that diametric opposition. See, he, he made the peace by putting to death the enmity. So in Christ, that was done away with. And then he came and he preached peace to you who were afar off. Father, we thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you preach and teach, think through my mind, speak through my lips. I pray that you glorify yourself in this day, in the midst of all of the hearts of those that are here. We'll be careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Um, you may be seated in God's presence. It's a pleasure to be here in the house of the Lord. I get excited about God's word because um, I'm able to understand things that I did not understand before. Uh, we think the, the Bible is a very old book and it's irrelevant. No, it's very relevant. Yes, it is. Uh, the, 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 the Word of God is a very powerful um, revelation that can bring peace to us, that can heal us, that can bring us to a place where, praise God, we can understand that we are here on earth on purpose. There was no mistake when you were born. God knew you before you were born. Amen? And so we are family, we're friends. Before we go any further, I'd like to bring up uh, Pastor Adonis to, to just, he's part of our family. And we're, we're, we're covenant brothers, as it were. And uh, he's doing a great work over in the, the, I guess it's the central part of the Bronx. And I wanted him to come and say hello and let us know how everything's doing over there. Because, you know, he's part of our family. So whatever victory they have, we have too. Praise God. So, Pastor, come and, and just uh, say hello to us. Praise God. For those of you that didn't know, 
He was uh, the minister over our outreach before he was sent out with his lovely wife and family. And uh, they've been doing a great job uh, over it. What, what's that it's called? Morrisania? It's the Morrisania part of the Bronx? Yo lo llamo la frontera entre el Bronx y so you like the border, right? Okay, okay. So greet the people. You want to do it in Spanish? I'll do it in English, or you, or you want to, you know, be bold and. No, quiero que quede claro. He says he wants everybody to be clear. Okay. Que Dios los bendiga a todos. God bless you all. Mucha alegría, mucho gozo para mí cada vez que Dios me concede la oportunidad de estar aquí. It's always a joy for me to be here. Y me permiten quiero darle un abrazo. I just want to hug my pastor. Good to see you, my brother. Praise God. Yo no sé si ustedes han aprendido, pero yo amo al pastor, él es mi pastor, donde quiera que voy, y cuando me veo en situaciones difíciles, yo digo, yo tengo un padre. He says, I'm his pastor, and you know, he loves me very much, and ditto, and he says, anytime I have a problem or issue, he says, well, I have a spiritual dad. Y a veces solo pensamos en los momentos difíciles y decimos, ahí tengo un padre. Sometimes we think only in the difficult times, we say, oh, well, I have a spiritual dad. Pero él es padre en todo tiempo. He's my dad in all times. No nos olvidemos de eso. Let's not forget that. Eh, bueno, eh, escuché lo que está ocurriendo aquí, ¿verdad? Este, está viendo como un eh, eh, rectificación, ¿no? algo así, ¿no? Eso es, eh, yo no sé, no sé si estoy bien, pero eh, sobre eh, aclarando dónde estamos nosotros. Well, we're, we're seeing here like a rectification of things that are happening, similar to what is happening with us. Eh, si te tienes que bautizar otra vez, go do it. You have to get baptized again. Hazlo de nuevo. Y si algo estabas entendiendo en la palabra erróneo, vamos a aclararlo. And something, if you didn't understand the word of God, or maybe you understood in an erroneous way, you know, fix it. Y eso es muy importante. That's very important. Porque cuando vienen las mareas, because when the waves come, si tú estabas mal erróneo, if you were in error, te vas con ella. You're going to go with the waves. Pero si tú has tomado tiempo en verificar to verify, y estar seguro y asegurarte to, and to be sure, cuando vengan esas mareas when these waves come, tal vez la ventana se rompa maybe the windows break, tal vez la puerta se vaya maybe the doors might leave, pero tú no te vas a ir con ella but you're not gonna go with them, porque tú has tomado tiempo you've taken time para verificar to verify, y fundarte en la roca inconmovible por eso es muy importante That's why it's important. En la Biblia hay mucha historia. The Bible has a lot of stories. Cuando eh, se habían apartado del camino de Dios. When people left the ways of the Lord. Y hay una historia que me encanta mucho y me impactó mucho hace tiempo. But there's one specific story that I really enjoyed that impacted me. Estaban construyendo y de repente en, se encontraron con el libro. Con el libro. Oh, they were they were edifying and building and suddenly they found the book. Y entonces eh, se lo llevaron al rey de ese tiempo y dijo, oh, mira lo que hay aquí escrito. Vamos ahora a volver al libro so let's turn back to the book. y hacerlo como el libro dice. And let's do it the way the book says. Y cuando tú y yo hacemos como el libro dice, vamos a permanecer. Then we will remain. Porque el cielo y la tierra pasarán, pero su palabra, hello, su palabra, his word. It's not your word. No es tu palabra. Es la palabra de Dios. It's the word of God. No es la mía. Not mine. Es su palabra. His word. Eh, los quiero mucho. Eh, I love you. ready para predicar. Este. He's ready to preach. Amen, brother. Go. Eh, right. Que Dios los bendiga. Los quiero mucho. Eh, me voy de aquí rapidito. Usted sabe, tenemos servicio a, la, a las 12. God bless. I'm going to leave. I'm going to sneak out. I have service at 12. Pero siempre vengo a decirle a... Pastor, mi pastor, que lo quiero mucho. I always come to say to my pastor, I love him very much. Y también much. a ustedes. And to each and every one of you. Manténganlo en oración. Keep us in prayer. Estamos trabajando fuerte. We're working very hard. Eh, eh, aclarando bien. We're clarifying everything. Trabajando en la fundación. Working on the foundation. Dependiendo la fundación. Depending on the foundation. Y como esté esa fundación. And how that foundation entonces is. Entonces así será lo fuerte que va a venir arriba, lo grande. Then we could build on the building and make it strong. Siempre me he quedado asustado. I've always been afraid. Que yo paso por cierta calle. Because I walk through the que streets. Que están construyendo. And they're constructing. Y paso por año. And I pass through a year. Yo digo, ¿y qué pasa que esa gente hace? Se quieren jubilar ahí y no han hecho nada. What happened? These guys haven't done anything. Do they want to retire? Y es que están trabajando en la fundación. But what they're actually doing is they're working on the foundation. Y después de la fundación del tiempo que se tomaron. And after they took a lot of time on that foundation. Pero de un velozmente se ve un gran edificio. And suddenly, with a lot of velocity, you see a building. 
Pero tomaron mucho tiempo. But they took a lot of time on the foundation. Ahora no se murieron ahí. They didn't die there. Después se vieron el crecimiento. Afterwards you saw y the growth. Y eso nosotros estamos trabajando y esperando en, el, en la promesa del Señor. And that's what we're doing, and we're waiting on the promises of God. Pastor, lo quiero mucho, que Dios lo bendiga. Bendiciones. Muchas gracias. It's always great to see you, sir. We got to have you come back and preach. Praise God. This is part of our part of our mandate. Not only uh, are we growing as a church, uh, we're rooting ourselves in this part of the Bronx. We have this beautiful building we're working on, but that's not the way it's going to remain. That building is going to be a base for us as we uh, continue to raise up leaders and send them out to different areas to start churches. Also, uh, Pastor Adonis also has that mandate. So he also is raising up a group of people there, a beautiful church, but also he's going to raise sons and daughters too that are also going to build churches. So I'm grateful to see what God is doing in his life, his wife. They're very hardworking, faithful, dedicated to the kingdom of God. So you all should be very proud of them. And uh, one of these days we've got to go over there and flood, flood his place. Praise God. So let us know when you're going to have a special service and we'll, we'll join you over there. Praise God. So blessings to you and your lovely family. You know, we love you very much and respect you highly. Praise God. So talking about covenant. The word covenant, I described it last week as I was sharing a story between David and Mephibosheth. David was a very faithful, hard-working person uh, during the king's domain. And uh, David was a warrior uh, where the king was. Problem was, this king developed a hatred to David. And the name of the king was Saul. Saul was a very aggressive king and tried to kill David three times. But it's interesting because God anointed David to be the next king after Saul. God had told Saul, if you're faithful to me, your children will be king, your, your grandchildren, your posterity. You, you'll establish your righteousness throughout all your generations. But he was continuously disobedient to God. So God raises up David literally in the midst of this king. So the king tried to kill him three times. Ultimately what happened was what the king himself died and unfortunately his son died also with him. Before the son died, his name was Jonathan, his son Jonathan and David loved each other. They, de they developed a friendship, a kinship, and ultimately they entered into covenant. That word covenant means the sharing and exchange of identities, the uniting of identities, the exchange of assets and liabilities. Um, you know, everything about their clan now belonged to the other clan. Jonathan told David before he died, he says, I know what God's doing with you. He's going to take the kingdom away from my dad and he's going to give it to you. And I am willing to serve you in your kingdom because you are the true king. So he had a revelation about it. But ultimately he went to battle with his dad and he died with the dad. But before he died, he says, I want you to promise me that when you come into your kingdom, David, I want you to take care of me and my family. I'll serve you. And today, I take off my regal robe of a prince and I put it on you. I take my sword and I give it to you. And he just blessed him. And he said, but you, you enter into a promise, into a pact with me, into a covenant with me. You're going to protect me and my family and my children and my grandchildren. And David says, I do. He says, no, 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 promise me again. And he says, I will. So years later, it is found that there was this guy uh, that was actually the son of Jonathan. He couldn't walk. He was paralyzed. What happened was when the king died and Jonathan died, the lady that was take caring, taking care of Jonathan's son ran away thinking that David was going to be the new king, was going to kill the little boy. So she ran away with the little boy and stumbled and fell on the boy. And, and the boy's legs both broke to the point where he never was able to walk again. And she took him to a place, Lodabar, which means wilderness. And for years, this kid grew up with a fear that on any day, the king will come and kill him. Right? We, we talked about that last week. Years later, David is established in his throne and he remembers the covenant, the agreement, the pact. And he says, isn't there anybody from Saul's house that I could do a kindness to? So yeah, there's a boy called Mephibosheth. That wasn't even his original name. His, his original name was Striker of Demons, you know, a, a warrior. They changed his name to Mephibosheth, which meant shame and uh, other things which were not good. So it's amazing that, that this boy was living a lie. He was a prince, but he was living the life 
of a servant, of a slave, of a person in a wilderness. David calls him and, and the kid gets, I guess, in a wheelchair or whatever it may be, the way they carried him in those days, goes before the king and he bows himself. And, and he asks him, he says, what do you want of me? I'm a dead dog. So he saw himself as a dead dog. He says, no, 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 you don't understand. I made a covenant with your father. From this day on, do you have any kids? He says, I have a boy. Okay, I want your entire family to come to my house. Second of all, um, all my servants, all my people, from, uh, effective immediately, all of Saul, the former King Saul's homes, give it to this boy. Effective immediately, all of his property transfers to this boy. And from this moment on, you, Mephibosheth, will eat at my table like my son. Now, what did he do to deserve it? Nothing. It was a pact that the parents had made. And even though the, the father died, Jonathan, the covenant was still alive. And it transferred 100% to the son. You see, so what happened was, you see that this boy was living a lie because the king didn't want to hurt him. The king wanted to bless him. But this is what happens with many of us. We think by circumstances and situations that God doesn't love us, that God wants to hurt us, that we're in a situation because God made it happen. No, wrong. Situations happen. Evil does happen. There's evil in the world. There are problems in the world. But your king wants to bless you. Amen. And notice, it's the, the king that seeks you out. You're not busy looking for the king. The king seeks you out because he wants to bless you. Hallelujah. So today in continuation of this, uh, I want to go a moment to Abraham. Abraham, as many of you know, was, is known as the father of faith. Abraham had a very special relationship with God. But when you go into the specifics, it will absolutely blow you away. For the sake of giving you a little bit of foundation so that you could understand, um, at the end of this message, I'm going to... Uh, give you a, a series of statements that you will understand at that point. But needless to say, I want you to understand why you deserve right now, out of relationship... Sorry, guys. Um, I want, yeah, so some tools started coming out. <laughs> out of relationship, why is it that God has already authorized you to have peace in your life? Why God has authorized you to live in dominion? And why, if you're not in dominion, something is going wrong in your life, and it usually has to do with lack of knowledge. When Mr. Lewis, Minister Lewis shared this issue, if you're ignorant about something, the enemy can take advantage? Exactly right. The enemy has been taking advantage of us in many areas, yet you actually have authority that you don't know about. So I want to break it down in, in such a way so you can understand why it is that you have this authority. Many of us think that only a certain nation or certain people have the blessing. Maybe certain pastors are the only ones that have the blessing. But no, this is extended to all of us. And I want to break it down very briefly in such a way so that you can understand how Scripture literally manifests that before the foundation of the earth, God already had determined to bless you. Now, I don't know you until you were born. But God knows us before we were born. How do, I know, how do I understand that? I, I don't. I just know that it is true. God is not a God of the now. He's God of past, present, and future. See, so He knows us even before we were ever born. And He had already determined His kindness to us before we were ever born. So while we're going through our mess, while many are going, they're out there taking drugs and dope and maybe in prison, maybe your heart is broken, maybe you're offended because you've been rejected or whatever, God still loves you in that process and you don't know it yet. The worst thing in the world is for a man to live like a poor man and yet under the mattress there's $5 million. Hey, that will never happen. Well, it did. There was a lady the other day that died in abstract poverty, and yet underneath the mattress she had a couple of million dollars. It is a fact right now that the government is holding hundreds of millions of dollars for people that don't know it belongs to them. But many times we won't look for it because we don't know that an uncle died and left you $50,000 or $100,000. And meanwhile, you're going through changes that you don't have to go through. But because of lack of knowledge... The Bible says, my, my people perish. 
in the Old Testament, um, not in the Old Testament, but in the old days, when the clans would come together in peace, they would do an average of eight things that would uh, strike a, a covenant between them that would cause them to become one people. Even though they had different names, they would share their benefits, they would share their blessings. And the first thing they would do is that they would exchange something. It could be maybe uh, clothing or something special. We know in the Bible, uh, the, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Jesus became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus, ex he, he, he exchanged your rags for his righteousness. All right. The second thing is, if you know, especially with Jonathan, Jonathan took off his belt and his arms and his armor and his sword, his bow. He handed it over to David. The Bible says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God gives us his power. So say to your neighbor, God has already given you his power. Jesus said, my strength is now your strength. Your enemies are now my enemies. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. He tells us, let the weak say, I am strong. He guards you. He guards what is yours. Your responsibility is to guard his stuff. What is his stuff? His word, his kingdom. So you're actually really strong. And the Bible declares, I think Minister Natalie mentioned during the worship, she says, I declare things that are not as though they were. In other words, we take the word of God, we don't feel like we're strong, but we take the word of God and say, I am strong now. I don't feel it, but I'm declaring it. Why? Because by revelation, I understand I've received the spirit of God, the grace of God. And now I might have been going through situations, felt defeated, but I don't have to feel defeated anymore because I have the power of God residing within me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. The third thing is that the, the partners then lay out a sacrifice. They take a, a bull or whatever it might be. They open it up, slice it in, in, in two pieces, and then both of them walk through that and they make a figure eight. And that, that signals infinity, right? And, and, and they bo both walk through that. They step in the center and pronounce the blessings of the family and curses if we were to pretty much reject the, the, the specific things of the covenant. They essentially pass through death, because that's a death of an animal. They pass through death and come out on the other side in new life, new relationship, new recognition of who they are, new respect for each other. The Bible says in Romans 6.8, Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we, we shall also live with Him. Praise God. Most people don't know this. God told Abraham, Abraham, I'm making a covenant with you, and I'm swearing by myself. He said, myself, I'm going to do this. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to do this. You're just going to have to keep my covenant, but I'm initiating covenant. And most people don't know, in Genesis chapter 15, after God spoke that, in verse 17, Abraham had set out some animals and cut them into pieces like God had said. And at night, in Genesis 15, 17, he says, when the sun went down and it was dark, Behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between the pieces, the animals. So supernaturally, God came and walked through that sacrifice. And it's interesting because it says consuming fire, right? A burning torch and a smoking oven. We know in two different situations where God manifests himself in a pillar of fire. We know in the Old Testament, if you study the Bible, that many times Jesus showed up. Before he was Jesus on earth, he would show up as the angel of the Lord. And there were times when this angel would show up and the men would worship him and he would receive the worship. That was Jesus. So when, when you see that, that, that fire, that burning bush, it's a called a pre-incarnate manifestation. So the Father and the Son were there cutting the covenant for Abraham. So God himself practiced the covenant there with Abraham. He had determined to do something that Abraham did not know, but he was experiencing it and he was seeing it in his day. Right? Okay. I just want to share you because that's very important. Because in a little while I'm going to manifest something that you might not have known about Almighty God and how he processes something from the beginning. And then later on we get to see the, manif the full manifestation of it. 
All right? And then the fourth thing is that they cut each other and they mix the blood. That's the joining of identities. Ephesians 5.31, it says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and they'll be joined with his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. That's what the Bible says, that marriage is akin to Christ and the church. And you know in, in marriage, if it's done the right way, if this, this man and this woman, they come together for the very first time, traditional, a traditional marriage, where this is the first marriage they have, there is a cutting of a covenant. Yes. God created in the woman's body a piece of skin that is only torn in the night of the wedding. So there's a cutting of, of, of flesh and there's also blood. There's a shedding of blood in there. So it's a type of covenant. And the, the fifth thing they do is they exchange their names. John 16:23. In that day you will ask me nothing. But surely I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name... He will give you. So Jesus gave us his name. Right now, when we do anything, we do it in the name of Jesus. It's not a formula. If I say, in the name of Jesus, suddenly magically things show up. No, no. In his guarantee, in his life, in his, in his stability, in his constancy, in all that Jesus represents, I now live and breathe and have my being. I come here in his name. I represent Jesus now. He gave me his name. Amen. And then the sixth point is a scar. They would scar themselves because of that cut. And you know, even the American Indians practiced this. They would scar themselves. Each scar it, it was representative of a type of covenant that they made. And they would raise up their arm and show the scars. Henry Stanley, the great evangelist, had 50 scars and covenants on his right arm. And he walked in great power in Africa because he would show the scars. And they, oh, he's a covenant man. You see? And then the seventh point, they would set the terms of the actual agreement or the pact. Romans 8.22, it says, he who, he who did not spare his own son, but he delivered him for us all. How shall he not be with him also? Or how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Say to your neighbor, all things. All things. See, God wants to give you all things. And through this covenant, he made it available. All things means life, it means health, it means provision, it, it means confidence, it means purpose in life. When we walk in life, we could live in purpose knowing we're children of God, we're not strangers of the covenant of promise, we're walking with His affirmation. You might not have been affirmed by mommy and daddy, you might not have been affirmed by your family in the past, but guess what? God, the Heavenly Father, affirms you. Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He is now my heavenly Father, and he affirms me. Note that Jesus didn't even start his ministry until Father, he, from heaven, he spoke. He said, this is my Son. I affirm him. I'm sending him. I'm pleased with him. He's my Son. And now he says that to you. You are my Son. You are my daughter. I affirm you. You come out of this place understanding my love also extends to you. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. The eighth thing is, did I say the seventh? Yeah, the seventh thing. The eighth thing is a memorial. It could be a meal. Sometimes they would sit down and have a great feast. It could be also a stone or a series of stones. In the old days, they would put together stones and it was a memorial. Uh, and what about a tree? Sometimes they would put a memorial by a tree. Well, 1 Corinthians 10 says this way, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? We take communion here all the time. And that's a reminder of the covenant that He established. Amen. So we're practicing covenant and many of us are not even aware of it. We drink the cup. Mm, that was delicious grape juice. No, it's not about grape juice. This is part of the covenant. It's a reminder of His love for us. It's a reminder that He cut a covenant for you and for me. And He initiated it Himself. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus re memorialized that tree at Calvary. Yes. Yes. That was also part of the covenant. And then, he, then they erected a stone memorial. You know what the stone memorial is? Who can tell me what the stone memorial is? Jesus' stone memorial. Don't everybody say it at the same time. You confuse me. 
the church. We are living stones. See, that's also part of the covenant. Praise God. So we need to understand this thing was established just like they did it in times of old. God did the greatest covenant. He cut the greatest covenant. Abraham, although he wasn't instrumental of the actual cutting, he was part of it. They made him part of it. The Bible says in Galatians 3.8 that God preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand. How can that be? Jesus didn't exist yet. How can that possibly be? John 8.56 Your father Abraham, he rejoiced to see my day. What are you talking about, Jesus? He saw my day. And he saw it and he was glad. Hebrews 6.13 When God made a promise to Abraham because he couldn't swear by no, no one greater, he swore by himself. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. In other words, what he promises, he can't fail. See, God's not a liar. Right? Father and son, they're the ones that cut that covenant. Genesis 7 one through Genesis 17, 1 through 5. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and he said, I will make my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you exceedingly. Behold, my covenant is with you. Say that with me. God's covenant, God's covenant. is with us. So he gave that covenant to Abraham. Not only that, he changed Abram's name because his name was A-B-R-A-M. Abram. He cha- From now on, you will be known... Instead of exalted father, you'll be known as father of many, many nations. Abraham. Praise God. Praise God. So, he said, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm going to initiate it, but you need to keep it. Here's the way you're going to keep it. All of your sons, they need to cut the foreskin. And there's going to be a shedding of blood. Interesting, right at the seed level, God wanted to make sure that the per- before, person, before person was born, that the covenant was activated in their life. So that means the children were going to enjoy the same benefit that daddy got. They were to remember, these are also under my covenant. Praise God. All right. But something interesting in Abraham, or rather in Genesis 22, God then tells Abraham to take his boy, his only boy. You know, this boy, I promise I'm going to have sons and daughters through you and all of them are going to be blessed. And then God suddenly says, by the way, give him back to me. Kill him. Uh, God, didn't you say that boy is going to be my blessing? Yeah, I want him back. I want you to give me your only begotten son. Don't, don't get too far. <laughs> I want you to give me, in covenant, I want you. You're, my co- you're, you're in covenant with me? Good. Give me my son. Give me the son that I gave you. So that's what Abraham did. In Genesis 22, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. By the way, the land of Moriah, that's the same place where Jesus died. That was a place, Calvary. Calvary. That's the same place. The land of Moriah. I want you to take your only begotten son, and I want you to give him to me right there. Sacrifice him to me. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. So Abraham, verse 3, he went on, on the third day, it wasn't the fourth day, it wasn't the tenth day, it was the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes, he saw the place, and, he said, and Abraham said to his young son, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I, or rather he said that to his men, the lad and I are going to go yonder, we're going to go worship, we will come back to you. See, one thing about Abraham, Abraham knew that even if he gave his son to God, God could give it back to him. Because God promised them. So he believed in resurrection. He believed in miracles. All right. So Abraham, in essence, saw the gospel of Jesus Christ foreshadowed in this experience. Because when he went to, to, to offer him up, suddenly, in Genesis 22, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called him and said, Do not lay your hand on the lad. Don't do anything to him, for now I know you fear God, and since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then he said, I will, in blessing, I will bless you. Abraham actually passed the test. All that he had was an Isaac. 
the promise, the future, the legacy, the destiny. And he gave his beloved son, he was a true covenant partner. When God saw that, he said, by myself I have sworn, because you have done this thing, and you have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven. Now here's the thing. In the book of Genesis, early on, when God curses that snake, that serpent, He says, your seed and the woman's seed are going to fight together. So there was an issue here. God with spirit cannot come on earth and command. You know why? God said man is going to be in charge here on earth. Amen. When God establishes a promise, when God establishes a command, He Himself submits to that command. When he created man, he said, you are in charge here on earth. Anything that happens is your responsibility. Amen. You ask me, I will help you, but you're the one in charge. You're my representative on earth. Amen. But, but God said, your seed, or rather woman's seed, is the one that's going to make this right. But what's God have to do with this? God later on cuts a covenant with a man, and he says, I'm going to bless your seed, and through your seed, I'm going to make this right. So in essence, right there, I don't know how many of you think that law is important, but right now you should know that law is important because government changed law, and right now um, we're having a great debate as a nation because of a change in law. It's called Obamacare, the Affordable Health Care Act, right? It's affecting every aspect of society. That's how important law is, right? So when God, in essence, found a man that he was able to cut covenant with, a man that was able to foreshadow Christ on earth, foreshadow the death of Christ. Abraham was just about ready to, you know, to kill the kid. Figuratively, he did. Because he had already determined, I will do this for Almighty God. God said, uh-huh, you foreshadowed it on earth. Now, I am going to manifest it in a different... I'm going to take my own son, right? I'm going to become man. God yes. in the flesh, Jesus. The Son of God became the Son of Man yes. on that cross. Yeah, that's right. So when you look at the cross experience, all that was is an agreement, a, a ratified covenant, all the way in the Old Testament. Right. Yes. So in Abraham, all of his sons and sons of sons and grandsons are blessed. They are family with Almighty God. We got that okay so far? Amen. Is this too much? Am I boring all of you guys? I'm just, I need to give you, the, otherwise you won't understand why we're so powerful on earth. Why we're so blessed. And it's not that you earned it. See, many people think, I did good last week, man. I didn't smoke. I, I didn't curse, man. So God's going to really love me today. Ah, wrong. He loves you even when you're cursing. Not that he enjoys your cursing because he will give you papao. You know what I'm talking about? He'll correct you. But you're his son, you're his daughter, and he'll treat you differently. See, I do not talk to my kids like I talk to strangers. With strangers, I might disagree with, but my wife, with my kids, I will put them in their place. You know why? Because I love them. I'm in covenant with them. I want the best for them. And if I have to smack them down to get their blessing to them, I will do it. Right? I mean, no more. They're, they're now too old. I smack them, they might smack me back. No, no, no. The truth of the matter is, is that we love our children and we cover them differently. God Almighty loves you and He treats you differently than He treats a stranger. Because in Christ, let me get to the point. It's going to, let's get there. I don't want to get ahead of me. All right, so Hebrews, uh, where is it? I'm sorry, Galatians 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those that were under the law, so that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, because you are sons, God has sent forth His Spirit, the Spirit of His Son, into your, heart, into your hearts. Abba, Father, we cry now. Therefore, we're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Amen. So anybody that's in Christ now is an heir of God, right? right. But now it goes, it goes further. Now it starts saying this. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us, having become a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, Amen. that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Yes. Amen. So now, this blessing of Abraham thing comes to us. Every single son had to be circumcised. 
But the greatest circumcision that happened, in, in essence, was at the cross. Yes. The greatest cutting of, of the covenant was at the cross. Amen. So now we don't have to practice that in order to be saved. Jesus did it for us. Amen. He became the perfect sacrifice, the perfect Lamb of God. Praise God. So, and notice where it was. It was in the land of Moriah. It was in the same place that Abraham did his sacrifice. Jesus also died. Praise God. So, now what's the issue with this? God called Abraham my friend. You are my friend now. And you know what friends are. Friends share things that strangers don't share. John 15. Jesus told his disciples, you are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my Father I now make known to you. Jesus, in essence, launched the new covenant. And he calls them covenant partners. So this type of covenant is interesting because it's not that we met together. We say, you know, Jesus, I like you and I like your clan, so let's make covenant together. No. On this particular case, Jesus said in John 15, 16, you didn't choose me. I chose you. So while you were running away from God, God chose you. Amen. While you didn't know God, He knew you and He had already Amen. chosen you. Amen. Amen. While you were running away from Him, while you didn't care for Him, He was busy running after you. Amen. He was coming after you and He had cut a covenant for you. Hallelujah. Right? So now He calls you friends. So when you come to Jesus, it's not like, wow, I'm doing some grand old thing. You just are finally recognized that God had already cut a covenant for you and He wants His blessings to come upon you. And already everything was taken care of because Abraham foreshadowed it and Jesus confirmed that word that God had spoken in Genesis. He said, the seed shall crush your head. Well, in essence, the seed did because when, Jesus, when God became a man you know, through Jesus, that was the woman's seed. And he crushed the devil at Calvary. Amen. So now everything was taken care of. When we come into covenant with Almighty God, it's nothing that we have to do. Now all we have to do is keep the covenant. Yes. We yes. didn't initiate the covenant. All we need to do is keep the covenant. So my question to you, if tomorrow President Obama comes to you and says to you, man, I like you, I've known your family for years, I knew your grandfather, I knew your father, and I want to do you some kindness. Effectively, I'm going to hire you. I'm going to pay you $500,000 a year. And because I loved your dad, I loved your grandmother, and, you know, and I just knew your family. When I was young, I was in, uh, you know, in, in Manhattan. It's funny because he lived in the same block I did. He lived on 109th Street between uh, Columbus and Amsterdam Avenue. But let's say he knew me from those days. You know, we were homies together, right? And suddenly he comes back to me and says, I'm going to give you a job, $500,000 a year. Well, what should I do? What do you think? Hallelujah. Leave the Whitney, right? I would leave the Whitney in a heartbeat. <laughs> right? But the point is, things like that do happen. Right now, maybe some of you know that. You have a family that helped you just because of family. Actually, we expect family to help each other, right? Tomorrow, if your uncle wins the lottery, $200 million, are you not going to visit him? Are you not going to visit him? I will go, man, and I'll go, Tío, ¿cómo está? Qué mucho tiempo, no te ha visto tanto tiempo. How are you, uncle? I haven't seen you for so long. How are you? Yeah, man, of course. Why? Do I have the right to do that? Exactly. Huh? Family. Family. We're family. And I would, I would expect at least, dude, you, you hit it big, man. Throw me a bone, man. We're family. <laughs> But Almighty God is telling you this. He's saying, you don't understand. I've already done it for you. Just look inside the pearls of Scripture and you will find I took care of everything. You thought you were Mephibosheth and meanwhile, all along, I see you as a prince or I see you as a princess. You thought that, that I was trying to hurt you. So many people I heard, uh, I heard uh, in the times past, oh, you know, God doesn't know. He doesn't care about me. If he cared, you think I'd be going through this? No, it's a lie of the enemy. Exactly. You've been confused. He's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to bless you. That's right. That's right. But you've been lied to. Yep. Yep. Almighty God is after you. He wants to bring you back into your purpose. He wants to bring you to that place where He Himself is your peace. Amen. Amen. You are a person of purpose. Inside of you, God 
placed in you already all that you need to be victorious in life. The problem is, is life scatters us all over the place. First thing um, that happens is you get caught up with busyness, AOL, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Your head is filled with so much junk that you can't hear God. I'm serious. Then TV, la novelita, and all that other stuff. Where our heads are filled so much, I'm surprised people don't walk in the streets and suddenly their head just go. Because we're filled with so much junk. You know, according to scripture, the original mandate of man is we're supposed to walk in a, a mandate of dominion. God said, you're in charge. You're the, you're, you're the agent here on, on the earth that's going to bring the change. But when the enemy came in and fooled Adam, it, it took everything out of order. Yes, yes. One day, the two sons of Adam were in the field. And um, um, you had uh, the, the two sons. One, he was a gardener, and one was a warrior. Now, the problem is, is that one of the sons brought in a good offering. He, you know, he brought a good offering to the Lord, and the Lord received it. Yes. And the other guy, he brought in an offering, and God didn't receive it. So he got angry. I'm jealous of my brother. How dare he? You know? And God said, listen, be careful. He said, be careful, because sin lies at the door. And he told him that. And you know what he said to him? He said, but you should have dominion over that. Why would God tell this guy, you should have dominion over that, if that wasn't true. We're supposed to be walking on earth as princes and princesses, which means we're just under the king. We're family of the king. We're supposed to be walking with confidence, knowing that God is on our side. We're supposed to be walking around, understanding that even though situations come and go, God is able to turn everything around for me, and yet we're walking around like this. Life is too hard. I can't make it. I can't. I can't. I can't. Most of the time, that's what we say. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's too hard. No. Today, God has a breakthrough for you. And the breakthrough is, He's already done it all for you. He wants you, son and daughter, to come back home and to reconnect with His purposes. Reconnect to what He already made you to be. Praise God. Because you're supposed to walk around in dominion. Your authority is there, already given by Almighty God. You, you didn't just happen to, on earth, you, you, and suddenly God said, who in the world is that? I don't know who that is. When you were born, He knew you. Amen. Praise God. At, at age 15, I knew I was nobody, until I found out what God had said about me. Once I found out what the good book said, then I started aligning myself with the book, and my life changed. My life was, I mean, head, head, headlong to destruction. My life changed. Why? Because I connected with him. I didn't become a member of a church just so that I could be on the role of the church. You know, oh yeah, his name, he's a member. I got connected with Almighty God through Christ. And when I found what he had done for me, everything he said, this is for you, I take it. I'm blessing you here, I'm taking it. You could do better in life, I'm going to take it. Because I thought I was just a statistic in the making. My dad had taught me, you know, hey, you want to get drunk? I'll, you know, you and me, we'll get drunk together. Yeah, my first day, the uh, first time I got drunk, I got drunk with my dad. He gave me the best stuff. Southern Comfort. Yeah, yeah. I told you that a couple of weeks ago. Now, you want to you wanna get drunk? Southern Comfort is the way to go, <laughs> baby. <laughs> That's a hundred proof, that stuff. Yeah, but he's, he's the one that gave me my first emborrachera. So my dad was setting me up. Yeah, later on in life, the doctor told him, you got a problem. You, you know, that's affected all your body. That's where I was headed until my heavenly father cut that. He cut that curse that was supposed to come on me. And then I realized, hold on a second. I'm blessed with believing Abraham. And Abraham was very rich in cattle. Uh, he had a lot of servants. I'm not saying I want servants. What I'm saying is he was very blessed, Right? And he had authority. And wherever they saw him, they would, that's Father Abraham right there. He, had, he commanded a lot of respect in his day. And that's how we should be treated. That's how we should be manifesting our lives on a day-to-day level. Not because we think we're big and bad, but because we're going to be the ones that are going to be the new breed that's going to help shift our family from curse to blessing. Amen. Maybe one or two of you have got that. Amen. 
Well, you know, you don't understand. It's been like that from father to son to that. Well, hey, it cut, it, it's break broken it, with break me. Because yeah. Heavenly Father cut a covenant a long time ago and he included me in that covenant. He included you in that covenant. That's why this is so powerful. It was initiated by God Himself. And, and Almighty God, the Heavenly Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, they walked that covenant themselves. I showed it to you through Scripture. At night while Abraham slept, they took care of business. So while you're sleeping, God's taking care of you. God's watching over you. God is making sure He's creating situations and circumstances to shift you into your higher blessing. Glory to God. That's why it's so important that we understand God's word. And that's why the enemy is doing everything he can to try uh, to, to say out there that the, the Bible's not true or the Bible's a lie. But the more you look at scripture, the more they try to disprove the scripture, the more it proves itself. Hallelujah. Even the scientists have tried. Even, even those that look at the, uh, the remains from under the earth, they, it just continues to prove that the scripture is alive, that the witnesses of these people, it really happened. Praise God. So I'm excited about it because here we have a viable, active covenant that continues on a daily basis to be activated in my life, in that of my children, that of my grandchildren, that of my great-grandchildren. But not just for me, for all of you. So say to your neighbor, neighbor, this, this covenant is active. It belongs to you. Praise God. Come on, give him some praise. So, in conclusion, he is our peace. He sets us free. He gives us everything we need. We are now his family. And now we can walk in dominion. Praise God. So what are you going to do? Walk around saying, I'm nobody, I'm no good. No, walk in dominion from now on. And show your children to walk. Show your children the same, that they can also walk in dominion. And don't let the enemy lie to you any longer. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world.